Okay, folks, once again, in order to ask a question for Judge GM Mike McKagnon, press star three on your phone. And right now, we're going to go to Jason. Yeah, hey, Mike. Uh, Jersey boy, uh, season ticket holder for 32 years. Just curious, uh, it seems over the years, so many great players come from the uh, middle of the draft rather than the first couple of rounds. So I'm curious, uh, do you look at commonalities in terms of what what what's in common with those types of players? You know, obviously Tom Brady's the, the, the biggest example, but where they go to school, where they grow up, what their upbringing is, that kind of stuff. Is that looked into in terms of the the uh, the great players of the past who came from the middle rounds of the draft? Thanks. Um, yeah, and, and Jason, thank you very much. Obviously, for being uh, obviously a supporting supporting us as a fan for so many years. Um, this is kind of the area that I really like. Um, this is probably when I was growing up. This is the interest. This is at a very young age where I got really, for whatever reason, really enamored or very interested in the NFL draft. Um, you know, it's a, I'll share a little philosophy. So there's lots of things we look at. Okay, um, and, and in reality, every pick we make, whatever round, is extremely important. Now, there's different people over the years. Some people have different philosophies about trading up in the draft. Uh, don't worry about the late picks. Go get the high picks and try to get players. Other other people in this industry maybe focus more on moving back to certain spots in the draft where they think historically players, you know, you have very good return on the players you draft. Um, but I would say this: when you the keys, let me just let me maybe maybe give you a little insight on this standpoint. Um, when we when I go back and analyze previous drafts, and um, it even includes college free agency after the draft. The key to the thing is this is like everybody there's a certain degree of how everybody performs in the draft in terms of how accurate they are. But the key ends up being I find is if you're you can't really miss on your first picks in rounds one, two and three, because those historically everybody's fairly accurate on those for the most part. People do make mistakes. But those are kind of key. Where where teams really separate themselves sometimes and there's no guarantee for success, but if you increase your talent base through the draft it's when you hit on those rounds four, five, six, and seven, as you alluded to. Tom Brady was a six-round draft pick who became, you know, obviously one of the better quarterbacks in the league um, through his career from from where he actually came into the league. But that's that's the key where if you outperform the other teams around you in terms of acquiring talent, that's what um, can really drive sometimes long-term success. So um, we you know, we we do a lot of studies. We do a lot of like uh, when the drafts are over, we go back and sort of. You know, re, you know, re-engineer like almost look at like who made the really good picks and what what about those particular players were, um, you know, set them apart. What you what we find is when we evaluate players, we evaluate them not only from their ability on on the you know on the tape in terms of their skill level. You know, we do a number of tests in terms of athletic ability testing. Um, but the other part that factors in, and we do we and every team does this also. Um, we spend a lot of time trying to analyze what the personality traits of these players are like, because in some cases, that sometimes ends up being the the thing that drives their you know their development um, in, in in terms of filling their potential. So um, there's lots of things we do. I, you know, I don't necessarily give out our trade secrets, but we focus on all those things um, ex- exceptionally well. And, and in fact, quite frankly, you know, you go into college free agency, and for example, even ourselves, you know, with with uh, Damon Harrison or Snacks. 
you know, he was a college free agent and ended up being a very good player. In Houston, we had Arian Foster, who had a, a number of years where he was a, one of the better running backs in the league. So every time you can have a, you know, evaluate the right player, whether it's not just the first pick, the first round pick, but those later round picks, and ideally those college free agents, and you, and you are better than the how the league performs on average, um, that's some that's how we approach this thing in terms of ideally improving our talent base, which you know, may not necessarily guarantee success on the field, but increases the, oppor- the chances of being successful. All right, let's keep on moving on. In order to ask a question for Judge GM, Mike McKagan, star three on your phone. Uh, we're going to go to Rob, who has season tickets up in Section 304. Go ahead, Rob. How you doing, Mike? Um, appreciate this first season of you guys that you and Coach Bowles had. It was a good year. Um, I just want to know what your plans are for the off season, and uh, hopefully keeping Mo is in that plan. Yeah, and then we've we've said this before. I mean, Mo had a great year this year. Um, you know, and again, this will all play itself out over time. Um, you know, we would like very much to keep Mo in the organization as a Jet, but you know, there's you know that that will work itself out here uh, in the future. So, um, so in terms of our off season plans. Um, yeah, just, so what happened, I'll, give you, I'll try to give you guys a little insight, maybe uh, how NFL teams operate and function, and, and we're very similar to a lot of other teams. So, you know, the season ended, obviously, like 31 other teams eventually, you'll, you'll, you'll be disappointed except for the one team that wins the Super Bowl, how the season ends, and, and we were very disappointed um, that we, you know, missed the playoffs by a game. Um, but once you once you get past that, you know, I mean, a couple of days after the season, um, you know, you're disappointed, but then you quickly start realizing there's so much work has to be done because now all of a sudden we're all, you know, when the season's over, we're all zero and zero again, and now you have to start laying the groundwork, hopefully, for success next year. Um, we have a number – we did a number of things this off season that, that helped us get to 10 and 6. We're still a work in progress. Um, now, we, now, in a perfect world, we like to keep all our players going forward, but right now – um, we're in the evaluation process of, you know, we've sort of done our internal self-scout. Now we're putting our board together for pro-free agency, and we and we actually include our own players in those stacks of, you know, we grade every player by position that is a pro-free agent from top to bottom. We build a pro-free agency board just like we build a draft board. Um, and then we sit down and try to figure out, okay, um, you know, fair market value for our players, you know, and, and you figure out an area where you'd like to get the contract done at, um, you, you actually have to set a limit on how high you will go with that contract because, you know, again, it all correlates to, you know, you try to put all these pieces together almost like a puzzle to give you the best opportunity to be successful on the field in the fall. Um, so our goal really in a very general way right now is to, you know, kind of figure out um, our offseason, you know, free agency strategy, which we, we have a good idea what we're doing. We're still finalizing it, um, but it's really knowing – you know, sort of what we want to achieve, which is keep as many of our, you know, free agents on the team as possible. But we always have to be prepared if they go elsewhere in free agency that uh, because other teams will pay them more than we would pay them per se. Um, but the key is obviously trying to, you know, make sure we make decisions that, you know, help us as help us, you know, to go to the next level going forward. So, but that's where we're at right now in terms of the off season. Joseph, we hope you enjoyed Section 313 this year at MetLife uh, First year season ticket holder here on the line with Jets GM Mike McKagan. Hey, Mike, just wanted to uh, thank you for a job well done uh, for your first season as GM. I uh, just was curious, 
uh, what your thoughts are on team needs for the uh, upcoming season and what your thoughts are on um, how the team performed in 2015. Um, well, first, in terms of team needs, um, you know, Todd had mentioned this at his press conference. Um, you know, we have, you know, we have some very good pieces in place. Um, we're going to try to keep as many of those pieces as we can going forward. Um, you know, in certain areas, that, you know, we're a very big physical team. Uh, Todd made mention of, you know, trying to improve our team speed, and that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to, you know, we're still going to try to find the best football players possible. Um, but it, but it, from how we looked at our team, um, you know, our offense and defense both had some, you know, th- some things they did very well. I think overall, when you want to get to that next level, um, you know, is, you, you always have an eye to the future trying to increase your overall team speed and athletic ability. Um, so from that standpoint, again, you know, not to say we're only going to take faster athletic type players, but it's something I think overall as a team we want to, you know, it will make us more competitive. And that's sort of a very general, uh, kind of a general overview, um, kind of echoing something Todd had spoken about earlier. Um, but at the end of the day, we're going to try to bring in as many good football players as we can to help us go forward. I think when you go down our team needs, um, I don't want to get too, you know, too into that only because at the end of the day we're always trying to, you know, there's a lot of other teams out there. We're all trying to guess what everybody else is trying to do. But I think um, if you look at our defensive line, we're a very big, powerful defensive line. Um, we're very good against a run, obviously. Um, our secondary did a good job for the most part um, in coverage. Uh, I think we led, we actually ranked very high in some you know, statistical categories in that area. But I think, um, you know, in a perfect world, I think if we can start, a, you know, we can sort of complement our, our bigger athletic, powerful type defensive linemen with some, you know, speed and athletic type rush edge rushers. That's probably something we're looking for on defense. I mean, in essence, we're always looking to improve anywhere we possibly can. But um, I think that would make us a very formidable defense. I think Malden came in and gave us a little bit of a spark at that. Um, you know, we had some other players that did a good job in that area. I think Catapano, before he got hurt, gave, again, gave us a little bit of a change of pace guy out there. But, um, you know, I think going forward, we'd like to see if we can, you know, add a, you know, you know, you can't just, you know, we'd like to add a, maybe a complimentary type player who's a very good speed, athletic, edge type rusher. Um, you know, and of course, every, any, any place we can improve ourselves, we're going to definitely try to do that. Um, you know, on offense, like I said, it's, you know, try to keep the, the offense intact. The, you know, we did a lot of very good things this year, I think, in, not only in terms of, being a more competitive team, but from a statistical standpoint, and from our standpoint, is just to sort of you know add to that. We have some free agents out there we'd like very much to resign, like Chris Ivory and Bilal Powell, um, and even Stephen Ridley. I know coming off the injury um, had some sparks late in the year, and I think his best football is still ahead of him. But um, I think from the offensive standpoint, it's still trying to you know we have some very good players. It's still trying to have some other you know more impactful type players speed wise. On offense, and I think the the one position, even though uh, had a couple players get injured out there, like you know Zach Sudfeld and um, and uh, Amaro, in terms of the tight end position, um, and Kellen Davis is a free agent, and we do have Jeff Cumberland, but I think that's another position. Um, you know, in a perfect world, we still want to kind of you know make that a more competitive position going forward. Although we do have some players coming off of injuries that we like, and and like to see how they impact us going forward. So I would say, in terms of team needs, you know, a pass rusher would be one. Maybe a speed edge finesse type pass rusher that can really challenge the corner that would complement our inside, you know, Mo and Sheldon and Leonard inside. Um, and then on the offensive side, I'd say, you know, we'll, you know, you know, we obviously want to try to make the tight end position more competitive. We can always use more speed on the outside. 
Um, you know, maybe a, again, sort of, you know, we, we've sort of, we have a good offensive line. I think, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to, you know, again, continue to add some young players to the draft to kind of, you know, stockpile that position for the future. So I, I hope I gave you a little insight into kind of what we're looking for right now, or at least sort of a general idea of some of the areas we're, we're going to probably focus on here going into the off season. All right, let's move on and go to Art right now. Thanks for calling in, Art. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, and again, uh, just want to congratulate you, Mike, on a great season, going from four and twelve to uh, ten and six. Even though we didn't make the playoffs, but you hit on a couple of things uh, that, that 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 I was kind of concerned with. One was getting an edge uh, pass receiver out of the draft, and I don't know how many of those potential type of players are in this draft. And the other was maybe you know improving a bit on the offensive line, even though they did a good good job overall. You know, there wasn't a lot of holes there for Chris Ivory, uh, at least in the second uh, second half of the year. And uh, those are two two areas that uh, was I was just interested in, in what you might have to pursue in free agent versus you know what might be available in the draft. Yeah, and I, and I think when you when you go into free agency, and we did this last year a little bit, you know, you can kind of you can focus more on what your needs are, and and, and it's sort of a philosophy. Because if you think about it, the pro free agency, you're, you're kind of you're grading players that are in the NFL. Um, you're kind of comparing apples to apples, and if you you know want to try to target needs, you can kind of do that in free agency, and, and we'll we'll address some of those positions in free agency if we can. I think historically, though, um, it seems as if you know pass rushers are such a such a premium in our business that very seldom do they ever get out there in free agency, unless you're going to take a chance on a young player or maybe a player that was injured. So. Um, you know, a player that probably hasn't produced, or maybe a veteran player that's produced and coming off an injury. So, some of these things we'll, we'll address. Um, you know, if we can if we can find a guy that fits those those needs right away, we'll we'll do that. Um, it's interesting when you really study free agency over the years, you find that certain positions don't generally get out there in free agency because teams tend to hold on them almost like a premium. Um, which goes back to the other part of the, the, the process in the offseason of trying to improve our team, which is not just the free agency, the pro free agency, it's the college draft. And so much of ideally what we're going to achieve in terms of you know building a team that can, can, can compete year in and year out, ideally for the playoffs and then potentially a championship at some point in time, um, so much of that is built, the foundation and groundwork for that is built through the draft. And, and unfortunately it takes a little time sometimes for those players to – to kind of grow, develop, and, and, and really, you know, reap the, the fruits of your investments. Um, I would say in the draft in particular, that's one of those positions where, you know, in a perfect world, not necessarily always with high draft picks, but there's a lot of very good offensive lines in the league, and we study this all the time, that have built their offensive lines through the draft and not just, like I said, through top picks in the draft per se. Uh, aside from, for example, a lot of left tackles tend to be high picks, but there's a lot of guards, centers, right tackles, even some left tackles that came in a league as, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round draft picks. And, and, you know, that's the model we would like to ideally do also. Um, same thing with the with pass rushers, like three, four outside linebackers. There are a lot of three, four outside linebackers in the league that were college defensive ends that played in a 4-3. And then when you draft them, some, some, some of them high, some of them in the mid-rounds, um, those are positions which I really think you, have to, you, 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 you almost have to groom and, and grow them yourself. Um, and again, that takes time also, but, you know, we're going to try to approach this thing to, you know, hopefully make ourselves a better team by keeping most of our own players, maybe augmenting some of that in free agency if the opportunity arises and we have the ability to do that. 
Um, and then in the long term, really through the draft, because I think the draft is the key to, you know, long-term sustainability of, of, of building a team that is, you know, competitive and can sustain it over time. And what happens is with free agency, the player, the value of the player, you know, when they come to free agency and hit the open market or, or if you try to sign them before they get to the open market, they end up being more costly in terms of your on your salary cap, whereas the younger player in his rookie deal, which goes for about four years, um, ends up being a much lower price point. But if you hit on those guys, you know, you, you reap the benefit of having a player who produces more than maybe his contract is, per se, in terms of sheer dollar value. So, you know, long term, like I said, you know, our, our goal is to, you know, improve our team speed, ideally find a pass rusher type, you know, that can come off the edge and really complement our other defensive linemen. Um, you know, we're always going to be looking to improve ourselves where we can improve ourselves. And on the offensive side, like I said, with the offensive line, you know, we our offensive line did a good job. I know for I know in terms of giving up sacks, we rated fairly high in the league. Um, early in the season, you know, we were we were definitely moving the ball well, running the ball well. Um, you know, as, as teams played us, they started to figure out. You know, again, everybody in this business is trying to figure out how to take things away from you. But um, you know, our offensive line still is a good offensive line. We're going to try to keep it intact. Um, but ideally, we're going to try to groom and identify and target some young players to you know hopefully make that position more competitive and down the road eventually. Uh, may earn a starting position. So I hope that gave you a little insight into kind of what we're trying to do in this offseason. All right, moving on now. We're going to go to Jim. Jim, uh, thanks for all your support. Season ticket holder for 37 years. Hi, Mike. Good afternoon. Uh, my question is, a lot of guys will ask redundant questions, but my question is, how has Bryce Petty come along this year? Has he got the ability maybe to challenge for the – backup slot next year i mean how do you feel on him we haven't gotten much information yeah um, well, i'm sorry jim anything else before Oop, jimmy there okay um well, first off, go ahead. okay well jim well first off jim thank you for obviously supporting us for 37 years and then you know again a lot of what we do um you know i mean we're all very competitive in in, in our side of the business um but in a, in a perfect world, if, if we can achieve what we want to achieve and, and build the team on the field that, quite frankly, you know, makes the fans proud, to, you know, proud to support it. That, that's kind of how, you know, we hopefully pay you guys back for all year long, you know, your years and years of support. You know, in a perfect world, ideally winning a championship somewhere down the road. Um, but from, uh, for, for, for example, with Bryce, so Bryce Petty, um, you know, we took him in the fourth round last year. We, we didn't, you know, we... I wouldn't necessarily we went into the draft thinking we had to draft a quarterback, but we always, you know, we built our board. Um, you know, we tried to find, you know, spots in the draft where we thought, you know, the best players available we tried to take for the most part, all things being equal, we'd factor in need. And when Bryce came, you know, when Bryce started to slide a little bit in the draft, we were very excited to get him where we took him uh, in the fourth round. We thought from, you know, in terms of risk and potential standpoint, um, you know, Bryce done, has done a good job in practice. I know he doesn't play very – he obviously doesn't play on Sundays. The only time he got the chance to play was in the preseason. But we're very excited about Bryce. Um, I think from an intangible standpoint, he is what we thought he was when we drafted him. He's got a very good personality. Um, he's a very hardworking young man. Um, he's a very smart young man. Um, he's really – he really, I think, has the work ethic and the commitment to, you know, hopefully – you know, fulfill some of his physical potential. Now, from a potential standpoint, um, you know, he fits the bill on multiple levels. He's a, he, you know, he's a good athlete for his size. He's, you know, he's got 
obviously very good size and stature. He has uh, probably one of the strongest arms of all our quarterbacks in terms of his ability to throw the ball and make a lot of uh, physically make throws that not, you know other quarterbacks can't make. Um, you know, the downside to it is, you know, we've, we've basically had a chance to see him in practice. Now he's, we feel he's progressed very well from where he was and, and the system he played in in college, which a lot of people, you know, understood when we drafted him that it was going to be a trans, you know, a, a bit of a adjustment to the NFL and NFL system. But, um, you know, just the simple fact he's out there practicing um, in the classroom, understanding things more from a, uh, you know, a system and a decision-making standpoint, but then on the practice field, physically going out there and doing that, um, you know, granted he works a lot with the scout team against, you know, the starters, but it's still the, the fact he's working in an NFL offense and making progress. Now, you know, we're, we're really excited about working with him in the off season, and this is going to be a very, very important off season for him and his own personal development, and, and I think he's the type of kid who's going to hopefully fulfill and achieve that. Um, and we'll get a better feel for where he's at in the preseason next year, and we'll kind of measure that compared to where he was as a rookie to see how far he's come along. Um, you know, we feel ability-wise, um, you know, he could definitely be a you know a, a quality number two backup, and you know, and, and the rest is kind of up to him. I mean, he has a physical ability to potentially be a starting caliber quarterback, um, but there's a lot. Like I said, he still has to go out there and do it on the field in preseason and kind of see where he's at. But we're very excited about working with him and. You know, do feel he has a bright future, and, and and really at the end of the day, we knew he was a bit of a project when he took him, and um, but he's made a lot of progress. We'll just again, we'll probably get a much better feel for where he's at in the off season, and, and be perfectly honest when he gets to training camp next year. All right, we have time for a few more questions with Jets GM Mike McKay, and then Kenny's been a season ticket holder since 2002. Kenny, you're on. Hey, how you doing, Mike? Uh, my question is. Uh, how does uh, Mo's injury impact any uh, contract negotiations? Well, I, you know, I, I spoke with the media today a little bit. Um, you know, Mo's injury, it, it's a significant injury, um, but it's an injury a lot of players have had and have come back from. So um, I think from that standpoint, like every injury, in, you know, it's hard to judge right now, and I don't want to get into too much into this about how much it impacts him. I think the prognosis from his injury is very positive. Um, we, we anticipate, and again, you never know. You know, this is you know this is based on other people who've had the same type of injury. It's about a six-month um, recovery process. Um, you know, and, and barring any unforeseen setbacks, you know, he should hopefully be, um, you know, getting ready to be cleared possibly sometime in June, which still gives him June and July to prepare for training camp, and then we'll see where he's at from that standpoint. So um, I, I don't think the injury, you know, every, an injury is. They affect things, but I think with this, the nature of this injury, um, you know, it's early, and we'll see how he progresses. But I, I, I think and I hope it won't be overly impactful on him. So we'll kind of see how this unfolds over time. But um, I would say, based on the, the the actual injury, and and you know, other players have had similar injuries. Um, you know, the prognosis looks positive, but again, it's a lot of time here to, to unfold. But I don't think it's going to. I personally don't think it's going to dramatically impact um you know his status or you know our our feeling that eventually he'll be back from this and at the same level he was this year gino natale's been a season ticket holder for nearly three decades gino you're on with just gm mike mccagnan uh thank you hi mike uh i just first want to say uh what a great first year you and todd have uh, I think Todd Bowles has really come a long way during the season, 
and at the end of the year, he really looks like a, a keeper. My question is that he um, did a great job with the roster, but unfortunately it seems to be like we're almost a win-now team. Like, I think the window for us to win might be three or four years based on the age of some of our uh, star players. So um, the salary cap situation, how much money do you think you expect to have under the salary cap to spend on free agents so we can fix what we need quickly? Yeah. Um, well, Gino, first off, thank you for being a fan and obviously supporting us for so long. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. When we went into this last year, um, you know, it, and we were, and, and when I came into the organization, myself and Todd, and we kind of sat down and looked at all the film and, and kind of had to figure out where we, where we are uh, from a talent standpoint last year, from what we, we kind of needed, our strengths and weaknesses. Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think – uh, and I know this has been brought up in the, in the media a little bit, but, um, you know, we do have a bit of a veteran team. Some of what we've done, at least in the NBA, I'll share this with you guys. I, I've shared this with some of the media, um, and we've talked about this internally. But our, our thought process was to try to um, make ourselves competitive or make, you know, put the most competitive team we can get on the field that we could. We didn't necessarily try to do it in terms of sacrificing for our ability to be, you know, competitive in the future. Um but the thought process was we had we had we have a good veteran core. We added a couple of veteran players in Fitz and and uh, Brandon Marshall. Um, some of the free agencies, the other free agents, for the most part, we added the Gilchrist of the world, Carpenter, Buster Screen. We're we're a bit younger. Obviously, Crow was on the other side of the other, other side of thirty. But the thought process was, you know, with the veteran core we had, that they would be, and in which they did, I think, um, they would be a, a big asset to our younger players. To help them, you know, kind of, you know, change, you know, not only be more competitive on the field because, you know, at the end of the day, wins, you know, we want to be a competitive team, but but help our younger players kind of grow and develop, which I think that has. I think I think even the moves we made in the secondary, bringing in not only uh, you know Revis and Cromartie, but also Screen and Gilchrist. Um, you know, Revis and Cromartie had such a, a a veteran presence in that group, which I thought was a real positive, and, and we had a lot of young players that were. Um, the year prior, you know, even with some injuries, were forced to play, um, you know, very early in their careers. But I, I think the thought process from our standpoint was to try to, um, you know, make ourselves a more competitive team. You know, we understand that we have we have some veteran players. Um, we we want to go out there ideally and be competitive next year. Um, but we know full well that the future of this long-term sustainability is the development of the younger players and, and really through the draft. So the thought process was to be um, – you know, have some of these veteran guys kind of, you know, carry us or, or be very influential over the next year, two or three. Um, but all the while, really, we know the future of long-term success has to be our ability to identify players through the draft um, and develop our younger players, even some of the younger players that were already on the team. I think Calvin Pryor made a big jump from the previous year, um, and we expect more of him. Even Leonard Williams, who played well this year as a rookie, um, you know, he's still physically maturing and developing. So, that you know, we, we're very aware of that. Um, and I think we're going to try to make decisions, you know, that don't necessarily sacrifice our ability to be successful in the future. Um, and it's a bit tricky, quite frankly. It's, it's not an easy thing to do, but we're trying to sort of balance out winning now with our veteran group of players, um, but also sort of, you know, installing a culture and, and a chemistry of our team so the you know the young players kind of grow up in that, and then at some point in time when the veterans step aside, 
the younger players are ready to take their spots and um, not only perform ability-wise at a high level, but also, you know, from an intangible standpoint, continue on hopefully the good chemistry we've kind of built, you know, that our team experienced at the end of this season. So I hope that gives some insight to, you know, I understand we, we look like a veteran team and, and everybody's worried about, every, you know, and I understand the concept of having a window um, in terms of being competitive and, and being a playoff team, but our but our goal all along was to kind of have that veteran presence, but really for the long-term success, really, you know, build it through the draft and the younger players. But I, I do like our mix of, you know, and ideally we're going to try to keep as many of these players together as we can after, in this off season. But I do like our mix of, you know, the veteran and the young guys, and they really, like I said, it was a, it, it came together very well, and, and hopefully it's something we can build upon. All right, so that was Jets GM Mike McCagnum. We want to thank everybody for participating in today's season ticket holder conference call. If you missed any of the call, we're going to post this on NewYorkJets.com. It's also going to be available on iTunes at Jets Audibles. Uh, important announcements here, finally. Jets Rewards conference call code today, folks, is GM Call. GM call. Also, Jets House, January 29th and January 30th at the Ainsworth on West 26th Street in New York City. Players who are scheduled to appear include quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jets alum Chad Pennington. A season ticket holder discount is available. Go to NewYorkJets.com slash Jets House. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day.